millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is Cues of the Force, Qualms of the Force. No, we'll, we'll have some qualms for sure, but this is Questions of the Force. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsuck. We got qualms, we got answers, we got it all right here. This is the show that uh, gives you the information you need. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it will give you some information. You get to decide whether you need it. We'll have plenty of A's answers to go along with our cues but we also have oh we have so many a's like this today's podcast is brought to you by the letter a audible 
Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We are recommending the new Star Wars book, the tie-in to the beloved Jedi Survivor and Fallen Jedi Order video games, Battle Scars by Sam Meggs. We can't wait to dive into that. If you want to listen to it, you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for a free audiobook. But there are still more A's, Ken. There are always A's in life. There's always a bigger A, and we've got a current ask. <laughs> this is our focus today. We are asking you all to consider checking out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash center. It's a great place for us to build the structure uh, of uh, uh, support that leads Force Center forward. And look, we also understand Patreon is not for everyone for a, lot, a variety of reasons, maybe your own or maybe some of the platform. We understand, too, and you still want to support us listening, sharing the show, all that stuff, or just being here is the best support you can. But for those who are interested, check it out because on the Patreon page, you can, I got sounds in the background. People are so excited. Uh, I can't mute that one out. Uh, We've got uh, our new series. That's right. Other Center is here. And Indiana Jones on the Perilous Podcast is uh, coming Monday, March 20th, the first episode. We recorded already. I'm so excited for you all to hear it. It's an overall conversation about Indiana Jones, the franchise, the character, and everything in between. And then from there, we'll have our Patreon-exclusive first episodes of Rage of the Lost Ark, uh, Temple of Doom, Last Crusade, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, all leading towards Dial of Destiny. And yes, after that movie comes out, we will release those episodes to the public because we want everyone to hear. But for right now, you get to hang out with us and build the anticipation for that movie. And also, there's a new goal attached to the channel. You made one goal happen, which was a live Star Wars rank. We're going to announce information on that soon. Our next goal is a Jennifer Landa YouTube series, a mini doc series. This is great. Years ago... When we started this uh, podcast, Jennifer had this wonderful show called Jedi Beat, and then that morphed into another wonderful show, Happy Beeps, with the best theme song in the world, Tony Thaxton. And we are going to go back and and, and take some of the the uh, favorite episodes from us, but especially for Jen, and repurpose them as kind of mini documentaries, if you will, on our YouTube channel. And that's going to be at our next goal, which is uh, $2,000 a month. So if you want to help us reach that goal, head over to patreon.com slash force center to make that happen. Back to you, sir, at the desk. Excellent. Excellent uh, asking. Uh, extremely smooth. Well done. All the information there. All the enthusiasm there. That is great stuff. We have uh, nowhere to go but down. So <laughs> let's see if we can stay up here. Uh, we're going to dive into our cues. We've got two questions from Twitter and two from our patrons on Patreon. As always, we go first to Michael Gibson. Michael says, hello, all. Thank you all for all the wonderful and fun Star Wars conversation. It's been great sharing all these news stories with you the last several years. Do you think we'll see all of the prequel movies get their certain point of view books for their 25th anniversaries? Uh, Michael, thank you for the kind words. I love that uh, that way of, of phrasing this journey that we've all been on. And, and those of you who, who listen to Four Center that have uh, been on that journey with us to share the new stories, the excitement, then they're actually happening, and then uh, going through the stories after they've actually happened to go, how does this uh, little bit in Kenobi connect to this part of this other story? I love that. Um, I also think this is obviously a a timely question uh, since the the roster for the Return of the Jedi 40th anniversary book has just been announced, and I saw one of the the editors uh, of the the books, the Star Wars books, uh, Mm -hmm. being... (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Uh, 
uh, uh, vociferously engaged with on social media hmm. uh, with offers to write for uh, the 25th anniversary of The Phantom Menace, a book that I don't think publishing has ever said anything about, but fans hmm. have decided are happening and are already asking the editor to please let them write uh, their story about C.O. Bibble. Hey, look, we all have a C.O. Bibble story. Uh, hmm. Anyway, Ken, where do you go with this? Where do you go with the idea of them doing a 25th anniversary of Phantom Menace book like they've done the 40th anniversary for the original trilogy. Yeah, what would it be, 2039? Uh, that's 20th, right? Or 30th. 30th. Oh, God. Yeah, wow. right? That's how math works. Uh, I, I, I I promise myself every time we start to record, I will not do math on air. Do not do math on air. And I always disappoint myself mm. uh, by mm. doing math on air. Uh, that's One, 40 years, yeah, for the... 40, for years. the, 40 okay. years, obviously. Huh. Um. It's okay. It's a lot of years. It that, is. But I think I, that I think the question is, since they're on this now, instead of who knows if books exist in 40 years, the question of would oh, they do yeah. the 25th instead? Yes. No, no, no. Sorry. But one of the, uh, Tom, the editor you're talking about, had, had tweeted out the year. I think that's why I got stuck in my brain. Uh, 25th. 25th. Yes, I like that better because I, I don't think it's – unfortunately, I'll say this. I don't think it's going to happen on the 25th. But uh, I can't comprehend 40 years. <laughs> 40 years to that. Uh, I think we'll still be here. Uh, hopefully God willing, both us and the planet. But, uh, I, um, I just don't want to think of breaking that down in my sixties. Um, but that would be the, the case. Uh, but 25th, the point is, and I think Michael's question is, I, I absolutely want to get to these stories. I do want them. Uh, the, the, my relationship with the, from a certain point of view books is number one, very positive. It's changed a little bit since the first one where we talked about it on the new show this week. Is it canon, canon, Jason? I don't really care either way, but I just don't view them like I did in 2017, which was a notepad going, oh, this absolutely happened, and it's an answer I've been waiting for about the mm -hmm. Dianoga. That's not as to where I'm at with those books. But I absolutely want to celebrate the characters in those stories, episodes one, two, and three. And there's so many wonderful, wonderful characters that you could get to. Uh, you know, what, what is it? Jira, right? Storms are coming. Give me that story. What was she doing there? How does she know that the storm's coming and her bones are creaking? Like, uh, give me her journey. I, I just want to celebrate those movies, and I'd rather get those now than forty years. Twenty-five for twenty-five. If you need to do that, twenty-five for forty. It's like a a deal in Vegas. Like uh, you know, <laughs> used to go to the Riviera. They do twenty for twenty. Twenty spins for twenty dollars. Like uh, that's what I want. So yes, I I'd like to get to it. I just don't think it's going to happen until. Maybe 2039. 2039, the 40th anniversary. Mm -hmm. uh, I agree with a lot of your points. Uh, I did math to make sure I was right on the very simple uh, math of uh, 25 years after 1999. One should be able to do that in one's head. Uh, anyway, it's 2024, uh, also known as next year. Um, so I think if they do have any plans to do it, you know, we'll we yeah. be hearing about it probably at Celebration. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think... I, I think it probably isn't happening, um, but I think it's a case of demand. I think obviously us kind of all in Star Wars fans are excited about it because we're enjoying these these books. I think it seems like almost everybody, even if they have a couple of stories like, ooh, not for me, that almost everyone is finding a couple that they really love and hold close to their heart. You know, it was mm -hmm. it was cool to see, you know, R5D4 get his big moment to shine in the Mandalorian and then having people go like, yeah, the red one is one of my favorite stories. I think about that one a lot. It's meaningful. It's yeah. great. And so I think there's clearly excitement in the all in fandom. I have no idea uh, how these books sell. 
you know, like yeah. I'm sure they sell well because there's Star Wars, right? And I'm sure they probably mm-hmm. pop onto bestseller list right when they're released. But I want I wonder about the demand of them. I also assume that these are kind of difficult to produce, that they are yeah. unwieldy, right? Like the first one comes out and it's a fun experiment and then it works. So they <laughs> they got to follow through, right? But I mean, uh, just from my own creative history, uh, communicating with all of the partners is the hardest part. You know, it's the making the art uh, of like a short film isn't isn't hard. Emailing everybody all the time, going, "Hey, can I have this? <laughs> you got this? You got time for this? Oh, sorry, got to change that date. Oh, what? Oh, God. like, yep, yep. I imagine managing forty authors and deadlines and requests for certain stories, and know this person is doing that, but." but I, I imagine it's a lot. So I, I, I think it would be, are the numbers there so amazing that they're like, yep, we want to immediately pivot to covering the prequels. Yeah. 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 No, I, I mean, it's, it's, and there's no shortage of authors wanting to be a part of it for sure, which is also part of, part of the problem. You, you got to pick 40 <laughs> out of the 400. Um, I, I agree with you there. And it's something that, you know, I'd be curious to know the the story of when they launched the first one, did they already think, yep, we're absolutely going to do empire and Jedi. Or, hey, might as well keep going. And, yeah, that sometimes happens. You know, I launched a Game of Thrones rewatch series in my podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on episode, season four for about two years because I just like, <laughs> I don't, I can't, I don't have time to keep going. <laughs> but I guess I started it, so I got to finish it. So maybe that's it. Maybe they're worried about that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I, it obviously clearly works well as a um, sort of meat test out for new authors because we've definitely seen that where uh, some authors have had a short story and then have uh, written a, a novel and all that kind of thing. So that's mm-hmm. great. I would be totally down. Uh, did, did some thinking about do we think it's going to happen in terms of just what I want. I'd love a Phantom Menace that was a 25-year, 25 story. Mm-hmm. Um because in some ways, I think I, I love the 40, but in some ways I'd be like, yeah, let's pare it down a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I definitely want Gragra's story, but do we need mm-hmm. <laughs> Gragra's and Rump's leg story? You know, yeah. yeah. Do we need a, a story from every single pod racer or just, in my opinion, Team Toe? You know, <laughs> it might make it more slick. Uh, so I, I hope for it and I will I'll prepare my pitch for uh, the DLC 13 panning droid on Mustafar for uh, the Revenge of the Sith book. Oh, yeah, that's all you there. I Look, I, you know, <laughs> we need to have the emotional story from Rats Tyrell's wife. Oh. You know that tale of her walking past and she looks over and sees a man in the, you know, uh, robes talking to Watto. Yeah, you know, that's what I need. <laughs> I left my heart in the Laguna Caves. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, the pain, the pain. Uh, any other thoughts on the possibility of a 25th anniversary prequel books? Yeah, not putting chips on it happening, but I'd love that. Uh, exactly what we're talking about, just to celebrate that wonderful movie and that wonderful uh, trilogy in it, which is just chock full of so many potential stories around the corners. Yeah, yeah. No, and that it would be a great celebration of, you know, mm-hmm. how much the world uh, has uh, heard other voices who celebrate the prequel. So that would be great. Yeah. We will see another announcement we are imagining might happen <laughs> at Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. We'll see. All right, we're going to move on to our next question, which is actually two and a half tweets mm, combined. Uh, I'm going to start here. There was There's a, a, a wonderful artist on social media and two different people pointed out the artwork uh, that this person made and asked us a similar question. So so we'll go first to the original tweet from Uzuri Art. Uh, Uzuri Art says, Last year, I illustrated a concept of Qui-Gon if he had survived the events of the Phantom Menace 
and had served in the Clone Wars. Wanted to expand upon it and conceptualize his unit as well. Uh, if you want to look up Uzuri art, uh, you can go ahead and do a search. Uh, we'll describe the image. It's a great image of Qui-Gon. It really in the uh, kind of early Clone, War, Clone Wars Jedi robes combined with lots of armor, but it's, it's black. He's got the larger chest plate. He's got the, the big pauldron with the, with the Jedi symbol on it. Uh, he's holding his lightsaber and kind of glancing off to the side. He's got his own group of clone troops with their own wonderful design. He's got uh, some sort of clone commander pal right next to him who looks uh, stern and thoughtful and loyal, arms behind back. Uh, just all around a great, absolutely great art that cl- clearly does set the mind on fire. Uh, and we know that it does because we got two different questions about it. Um, this first one comes from a uh, uh, listener, Yuval Eisler. Yuval says, uh, I saw the drawing by the amazing Uzi art, Uzari art online of Qui-Gon Jinn. If he had lived and been a general in the Clone Wars, the drawing really jumpstarts the imagination. What do you think? Would he join the war, leave the order? What would have made him join? Then uh, a Twitter user, Daria is my alter ego, <laughs> broke it down into them specific questions uh, that, that they would like answered. If Qui-Gon had survived Episode One and been around for the Clone Wars, would he have, one, stayed with the Jedi Order and fought beside his old Padawans, Obi-Wan and Anakin? Two, joined Dooku, as Dooku seemed to suggest he would have to Obi-Wan in Episode Two? Or three, left the Order entirely in a show of pacifism? Thanks for answering my question. Uh, thank both of you for the question and for pointing out this great art. So, Ken, I'm going to start here. Uh, what, what are your thoughts or reactions to the art itself? It's it is wonderful art, and I want to be clear about that because um, I don't it, the, what the art says if he had survived and if he had served. So it's two what ifs right there, uh, and that's what I think it would look like. And it's some great art. I love the the black uh, the armor as you said, which is interesting, intriguing for Qui Gon, uh, and even like the kind of beige, dark beige kind of color to the squad there on their armor. Uh, I love mm-hmm. everything about it, and it's that kind of like our users are saying here, our listeners are saying here. Um, you know, makes you makes you think and sparks imagination. So love, love the art. We're starting there. Love the art. Yeah, me too. It's a, just a, a great artwork. I love that the uh, the background is this sort of a uh, a little bit of muddy, a little bit of a sort of swipes in, in shapes, and then there's the Jedi symbol back there. But it is it is faded. All of it speaks really well to like it, this image looks like a great capturing of the idea of like maybe Qui Gon would have ended up serving. But it would not have been a happy thing. I love that his armor is dark. I love that he and his clone companion are both looking away and a little bit down. This is not propaganda where they're heroes of the war and they're looking up. This is looking up like we just, they're kind of cast down great visually. The way the energy all has this sort of diagonal swoop uh, downward that really speaks to, we just made another decision that we don't feel great about that's the power of this art to me is it it captures the the mood that qui-gon might have had if he had ended up in the war if indeed if indeed big if so we're gonna get into those ken feel free to approach this any way you want you can grab the questions (laughs) from any direction i'm sure we'll get to all of them where do you start with these big what ifs my overall Reaction is I'm at 90% going to the betting board here. 90% he'd refuse to fight. Um, 10% I'm saying might feel this is for the light side, right? Which maybe is the start of the war. Again, we're assuming 
that he's not plugged into the fact that Palpatine's behind it. You know, that kind of stuff, which mm-hmm. you know, I often say is don't forget everyone was tricked by the, uh, the big baddie there. So, uh, so he might think, yes, this isn't what I want to do, but, but maybe we have to, because we must stand before the darkness, but without a doubt, we've already seen what it just makes a lot of sense that I don't know if you necessarily think would think the separatists themselves and many of their ideas are, um, so that this middle uh, option from from Daria is my alter ego. It joined Dooku, as Dooku seemed to suggest. I, I don't think that would be the case, even though I could follow it out a little bit based on what we've seen in some of those uh, uh, the, the, the the Dooku episodes of Tales mm-hmm. of Jedi, where I think you just see it, young Qui Gon. You see that with 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 the way Duke is reacting, and he makes a decision um, that even Duke is kind of like, "Hey, good on you." Uh, and then I, Dooku keeps sliding down the path. So I, so I think even if he was to connect with Dooku and hear him out and Dooku's like, hey, I'm siding with the Separatists or I'm going over here, I'm, I'm casting my lot here. I, I still think at some point Qui-Gon would say, no, 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 no. And not even factoring the Sith side of it. it would be like, I, I think you're pushing it too far. I think you're pushing the dark over the light in that general sense. And and I think, so all this today, sorry, this is rambling, Joseph. Mm-mm. All this to say is not 90%, I said 90% refused to fight. Order three or, or number three, leave the order. Mm. Leave the order is my ultimate answer. Yeah. I think this is, there's so many great what ifs in, in this and I will get to the actual questions, but I started with my own what ifs of basically how does, how does his training of Anakin go? And how does he, the revelation that he is correct, that Darth Maul was a Sith Lord. Mm-hmm. How do those things, how does he marry those things? Because there's uh, just stay in the moment, stay in the present, Qui-Gon. Yeah. Who says, Anakin, you are the chosen one. I believe that, but let's not worry about what that means. Fate and the Force will tell us what that means. You just be the best Jedi you can be. And, and he's, I think, probably as, as we, a lot of fans have talked about, he's going to be a little bit more understanding of Anakin's feelings. He's going to the real understanding of Anakin's fear and anger and, and guide him through it a little bit better mm-hmm. um, instead of just kind of uh, lecturing him like, like my uh, beloved Obi-Wan Kenobi did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, that's not a bash on Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan feels he made some mistakes and I agree with my favorite character, Obi-Wan, that he made some mistakes. <laughs> so I think, I think Qui-Gon's in a better place to be a little bit of the father figure that Anakin needs. Mm. But does he, does he follow his instincts to say, the Sith are here. Anakin is the chosen one. I believe that that means that the that evil is on the rise. Something is going on with the Sith, but we'll let that come to us when it comes to us. Or does some of the stuff that we've seen in in with Qui Gon, where he wrestles with with how to deal with prophecies, how much to invest in them? He's certainly engaging with the prophecy and saying, "I'm not saying I'm going to turn the world upside down, but I believe it's true." I believe the chosen one prophecy is true, and I believe it's this boy. Mm-hmm. Does he? Does he? So I think the reason that I'm going <laughs> down this this twisty Qui Gon alley is he survives Phantom Menace. He is training Anakin with the Council's permission. I think that there's a part of Qui Gon that has the like, you can't just be here on Coruscant going, we'll deal with the problem. The Sith are back, and I'm feeling it when I go out in the galaxy. You know. The force is out of balance. People are suffering more. Things like that trade federation that that should have been just a little bit of greed and they needed a little like slap on the wrist to back off the greed move, which is what he expected. 
mm-hmm. at the beginning of the Phantom Menace. He's like, when he's talking about this, these moves don't make sense for the Trade Federation. Does yeah. Qui-Gon leave that alone? Or mm-hmm. does he start, or does he insist on pulling the thread of, we should be assertive and aggressive about looking for the Sith and about challenging what's going on in the galaxy? Well, this is great because you're also making me a little upset at the Jedi Order in the in the years <laughs> right after Phantom Menace. Of you all wondered, Mason Yoda have that conversation at the end, and you know I know there were there was some stories, especially in Legends, of looking for the Sith Lord, and 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 I'm not saying they just sat on their hands up there, but it can come across as that. And I think you're really right. This, this to answer the question, you definitely start here. The Anakin training thing is fast, fascinating, and and very key, but. You got to imagine that they'd almost be annoyed with Qui-Gon. Like, yes, we got it. We're working on it. We're filing an invest. We got an investigative team. And, and he'd be like, this is important to sit there back. We sit there back. So to the point of, um, who knows, maybe we don't even get to the Clone Wars because he's leading the charge a little bit longer. Maybe pushes Palpatine out sooner. I don't know. That's even my fun headcanon situation. Detective Qui-Gon on the case. Yeah. And, and I- right there. And I think it's, you know, I think it's really interesting because I think to me, the story of the Jedi is we, uh, we don't want to give into paranoia. We don't want to be running around the galaxy, you know, pointing fingers everywhere. Like, are you a Sith Lord? You know, like, are you a Sith Lord? Are you a Sith Lord? Yeah. The, the Jedi uh, have this really difficult balance of they want to be about defense, right? Mm-hmm. And, but sometimes being about defense means that you're not being proactive while evil is growing. You know, if yeah. you're just waiting for somebody to strike, that could be dangerous. But if you're also, policing the galaxy and going like we're pretty sure some of you might be about to do something evil <laughs> yeah then you're getting into uh, and this is why i have such you know justice for the jedi because it's it's a hard road when are you, when when and how proactive should you be yeah but i think qui-gon was in the phantom menace is tipping towards like he's the chosen one <laughs> the sith are back yeah Time to be a little proactive i feel like that's where he would have been he might have uh prepared anakin i think he would have at least prepared anakin to say like you don't need to do anything different in your Jedi training because you're the chosen one. You're not, you're not, you're not better than any other Jedi. You're just different. Mm-hmm. But, but you should think about it. You should yeah. think about what that prophecy means to you. It, you shouldn't be afraid of it. You shouldn't push it out of your mind. You should decide how you feel about it. You know, mm-hmm. it might have better prepared Anakin to decide for himself what he thinks the prophecy means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the pressure of I could be a better Jedi and I'm not. And that, that, and I, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, again, I think to, you really have to start there, and what he, what he, what what Qui Gon knows, what he feels he knows, or what he feels he believes in at the end of that, yeah, that movie. I agree with you on on. Uh, uh, I agree with you on number two on uh, on joining uh, Dooku. I do think that Qui Gon and Dooku are aligned that the mm-hmm. Jedi are in too much lockstep with uh, with the Senate, um, mm-hmm. particularly particularly as it gets more tied up in in red tape and that the Jedi have lost sight of what is actually going on in the galaxy. And there's spending too much time sort of cloistered on Coruscant. So I think he's aligned with a lot of Dooku's beliefs, but as we see in tales of Jedi, he's not aligned on how far Dooku is willing to go based on them. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think Dooku is, uh, I think Dooku is wrong. I don't think he could have broken Qui-Gon. I think, I think Qui-Gon would have, by the time, if Qui-Gon was alive at the time that, that Dooku is like, I am the public-facing leader of the Separatists. And as the, the crawl to attack of the clones tells us, the Separatists are launching attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. think Qui-Gon would have sought out Dooku and say, like, I agree with 
every one of your political concerns. I agree with every one of your criticisms of the Senate, uh, but I cannot abide you, you know, allowing your supporters to carry out violent attacks. That's yeah. not the way to solve this, you know? Yeah. And I think there would have been some kind of conversation of, again, agree with you overall, Dooku, but like what you're doing, the actions don't align with the heart that I think you have, which mm -hmm. might mean Qui-Gon might stumble onto maybe you don't have the heart anymore that heart and soul that your your viewpoint has changed and something else is going on again to take the Qui-Gon on the case type of vibe. But you know, like exactly that'd be this dinner conference, maybe the meet at Dex is in a, in a, in a booth in the corner. <laughs> It's <laughs> really yeah. funny image to imagine. You know, <laughs> imagine Dooku at like, I do not want to be served by Hermione Bagua. This is beneath the Count of Soretto. Is that four-armed creature going to sweat into my soup, my body? He touched his buttocks <laughs> while lifting his pants. I think uh, we need that scene now. Uh, this is like <laughs> Chino and De Niro and Heat uh, sitting there in the diner. It'd be amazing, but but boy, it'd be a fascinating conversation where Qui Gon would be, you know, I don't want to say concede on points, but be like, yeah, I feel you. I've been there. I know what you're saying. I feel it too. This ain't the way, Chief, and I don't think it's lined up for you. Like I, I don't. It doesn't seem right. It doesn't mm -hmm. seem right. And 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 Duco's been, you know, he's 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 been bought already, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think I I think Qui Gon would be the one to. To say it, because again, there's a lot of truth. You know, I've talked so much about that scene. We love that scene in, in Attack the Clones, and I think there's some truth. It's a great question. Dooku is telling Kenobi so many truths. And that's why he can sneak in that lie. Yeah. Well, it, it, I think Qui Gon would would bear the uh, sort of guilt of I've I've seen this in my training. You know, mm -hmm. there's a bit in Master and Apprentice where it, you know, Qui Gon was probably too young to realize what it was at the time, but as he gets older, like. Dooku's been experimenting with some dark side abilities. Yeah, like, yeah. Qui-Gon himself is the one who has to stop Dooku from, in his uh, righteous anger, uh, mm -hmm. doing something that is not moral of just cutting down uh, that that corrupt leader mm -hmm. that we see in the Tales of the Jedi. So Qui-Gon would also have this burden of like, yeah, I, I know he's been wrestling with things. Yes. And so I think there's a possibility that, that Dooku does make the offer to Qui-Gon and he doesn't get a good answer and Dooku either uh, tries or succeeds in killing Qui-Gon before the Clone Wars. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, that's dark turn. I like yeah. It. I like it. Yeah. Don't like that. So if, if, if Qui-Gon survives, if Qui-Gon's mm -hmm. still, uh, if he's either still training Anakin or, hey, Anakin becomes great and it becomes a Jedi Knight at 16 under, <laughs> yeah, under uh, Qui-Gon's tutelage, uh, and he is still alive, still a member of the Jedi Order, doesn't know Dooku is, you know, fallen to the Sith yet. Mm. And the Clone Wars break out. Does he serve? Uh, I don't think so. I, I think I think maybe at the beginning he's like, I will send only send me on missions where I am helping those who are in need. I will, mm, mm, you know, like I will guard refugee ships. I will stop if, if a village is being pillaged. I will stop raiders. I will not go on the offensive for you. Um, mm -hmm. And and our, our closer watch and our closer reading of the, of the Clone Wars animated series, I really like how the the beginning of the war, everybody, all the Jedi are able to be like. Yep, we're defending the Republic from attacks. And then it slips and it slips and they can't. And pretty soon they're raiding a planet, mm -hmm. fighting the people who live there. You know, and yeah. I, just, I just don't think Qui-Gon, I think at that point Qui-Gon would have walked away and said, I, I, 
you know, I'm guided by the force. I don't need to be a part of the order to go, you know, defend people who are being attacked. I'll do that. Yeah. No, I think it's a wonderful point. I, I love that. Yeah. You, you know, he and Pong Krell would have a conversation that's uh, tough at one point, I think. Uh, but this, <laughs> this is about like the art. So I wanted to really make sure I pointed out, I, I love the art. Uh, from Uzuri art. I, I think it's great. So I don't want this to sound like anything negative against it. But even just looking at Qui-Gon in that armor, he'd be like, no, this don't, yeah. do we all not see? This is, this is, you are, no, we're going to war. And that would be the start of the, the conversation with him for leaving. Yeah, I think so. And this is such a amazing, beautiful, fun can of uh, Qui-Gon gin worms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, to point out, the, the artist saying, if he had survived and if he had served. So again, we're dealing with a lot of what ifs just in that photo, but uh, to get, before we get to even that, I think there'd be a, there'd be a lot of ways, a lot of hurdles to, to get on, to get Qui-Gon in the army. Yeah, no, to, yeah. And I, and I love that the art does reflect this. This really does not look like a triumph. This looks like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, a burden uh, and mm -hmm. a, an upsetting one at that. So great fun uh, to talk through everything. I think we answered all the questions, right? Uh, yeah, we did. Um, all right. So any final thoughts on Qui-Gon and the Clone Wars before we take a break? The one thing I'll say is it's just Qui-Gon, as time goes on, it just becomes one of the most important characters in Star Wars. He's the lead of that movie, which is key if you're talking about that movie. And he just, there's so many things that spring out of his life and his lessons and his philosophies. Love it. Yep. Yep. A really fun character to say, not to me, to me, not a gray Jedi, not somebody like I walk my own way. And sometimes when needed, I kick ass <laughs> or use tap into just a little bit of rage. You know, I'm the one in the middle. I, 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 that, that's not for me. I think he's saying, Hey, the Jedi have lost their way a little bit because we need to continue to question things. We need to be willing to say, why is this rule, uh, this rule, um, but I think that makes him even more of a Jedi than uh, not a Jedi. Yes. Okay. Excellent. We're going to take a quick break and we will be back with more cues. Back in a moment. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back with more cues of the force. We go now to two patrons from Patreon. First, Simon Huffnagel. Here's what Simon has to say. Uh, Hello again, Force Center friends. I've been greatly enjoying the current run of Marvel mainline comics. The trilogy of War of the Bounty Hunters, Crimson Reign, and Hidden Empire has filled out the post-Empire Strikes Back period in a very interesting way. However, the comics now seem like they're closing in on the events of Return of the Jedi. So my question is this. Do you think the comics will move past Return of the Jedi and start filling in the five-year gap leading up to The Mandalorian? Or do you think they'll go elsewhere because the overall story of the Mandoverse is still evolving? If the comics stay the course... What post-Return of the Jedi stories are you looking forward to seeing? There might be an inherent challenge there because we already have some storytelling in place, Aftermath, Alphabet Squadron, Battlefront 2, etc. But I'd like to see what the comics can do with that time. If the comics shift elsewhere, what time period would you want them to go to? Thanks again, and may the Force be with you. All right, this is another great multi-layered question. So, uh, Ken, uh, let's just start with the the comics themselves. Uh are you how caught up are you on on all the comics that Simon is talking about? I am uh, a couple weeks behind. I, I uh, last night um, sat down and, and I um, reading the Mando adaptation of season one, um, which is fun. The adaptations are great because they're it's like yeah, you're just reading the show that you watch. But I just like there's a couple little things different and just kind of like refreshing my mind and it's just fun. So I'm catching up on that one first, and then I'm gonna get into the Yoda the. The uh, Blade of Bardot, all that stuff is is still in front of me here. So I am a little behind, a little behind. Yeah, me too. I I am definitely behind on the main Star Wars line. I only read like the first couple arcs of that. Um, I read the actual uh, War of the Bounty Hunters. I haven't read all the tie-in stuff yet. Haven't read Crimson Rain or Hidden Empire. I loved War of the Bounty Hunters much more than I was expecting to. I loved the focus Mm -hmm. on Boba Fett. I really liked what was going on with Kira and Crimson Dawn. Uh, so I'm enjoying a lot of it. The stuff that I have read of the main Star Wars line 
some of it I'm a little challenged by. I'd I, I like Luke having another lightsaber, but it, it I, I wish it was just a different color, <laughs> honestly, because yeah. I, I think, you know, Luke running around with a, a yellow blade right after that, the revelation of Ray's blade. I don't know. There, there was something about that. It was just like, yeah. I didn't want two brand new yellow blades to cannon. That's that's a, a, a weird uh, personal thing for me. Not a huge criticism of the comics because uh, Charles Soule, I think, is one of the greatest writers to ever touch yeah. Star Wars. Um, the total personal thing. But I am not all caught up uh, on that. So uh, bear that in mind as we go go through this. So even uh, with us both not caught up, you much more caught up than myself. Uh, how do you feel about where the comics will go. Do you want them to go past Return of the Jedi? And if so, uh, where? There's definitely room that roughly five years, uh, you know, time period. But again, you know, we got the aftermath, Alphabet Squadron, Battlefront 2. So I, I'll start somewhat negatively. I would not personally want the comics to fill in too much. Uh, that's been maybe one of the things I've run up against with the comics, especially between Empire and Jedi, which is a shorter amount of time. And you're just kind of like, wow, there's a lot going on. But hey, you know, the week is long and we get a lot of things done in the week. So I guess you get a lot of stories here and there. So, again, that's kind of just personal. But I'm I'm very happy to hear that Simon, who does a great job keeping track of our Four Center episodes in a Google sheet that he will occasionally oh, share with Simon. me. Simon is the is the uh, is the soul that makes that happen there. Um, I, 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 I'm glad to hear people enjoying it. So because of that, because of there's some joy, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I think there's that five year period has some room. Um, I would start big. You actually could see Leia and Mothma trying to get this all right because we don't necessarily have to be worried about who's cast in uh, Leia's role. You, you could definitely have Genevieve O'Reilly, of course, if you do this live action. Um, so there's that. So you could see that. You and I have talked for years, since 2015. You and I have said the words Luke Skywalker and Lor Santeca on mm-hmm. Adventures. We know that kind of happens. Uh, Luke's got a lot of things to do between Return of the Jedi and uh, Mandalorian, right? So that could be fun to explore in comics. But even as a, that was kind of my answer coming in, but to read Simon's answer here on the show to, to, as he went through it, he, the uh, Aftermath, Alphabet Squadron, Battlefront 2, there's so many wonderful char- characters there and so many corners around their own stories that you could tie them in more directly. Imagine more time with Aiden Versio. Mm-hmm. Uh, that story, the Battlefront 2 story mode is is quick. Unfortunately, the, the writers had said more stuff was there, but that wasn't the purpose of the game. So we had to kind of, it was it was pared down a bit. So there's there's stuff on the table. There's just, you know, Del Miko, uh, you know, uh, Zay, their daughter, they, you know, being born. There's, mm. there's so many things you can get to. Shriv, of course, just take an entire Shriv uh, arc. Um, so that's, that, that's kind of exciting. I hadn't thought about it in those terms. So Simon, your love for the comics now combined with, uh, you know, your question has got me thinking about things I hadn't thought about even coming into the show today. You could explore it. And I, yeah, and I don't need to get all the answers. And I think that's sometimes where I get a little, you know, ah, there's there's just a lot going on in the comics. And I don't know if I need it all answered. That's a personal thing. But you, you don't need to get all of the, the, the space covered leading into Mando. Just these big key moments or, uh, you know, Iden off doing something. There's there's some stuff there to tell. 
Yeah, no, there definitely is some room. There's, you know, so much great stuff. Uh, Simon listed, you know, three great ones, Aftermath, Alphabet Squad, and Battlefront 2. Princess and the Scoundrel is just days after, but it does kind of deal with uh, some of the great Aftermath stuff uh, uh, that would be big moments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not literally the book Aftermath, but the immediate aftermath of Return of the Jedi. Uh, Shattered Empire uh, Mm -hmm. does the same thing. Um, So there's definitely some stuff in here that, that I would be intrigued by. Uh, but I also just like leaving a little bit of elbow room on the big three. And, and mm-hmm, I, you mm-hmm. know, I would say big four, five, six, seven, by the time you start putting in Lando and Chewie and yeah, yeah, 3PO yeah. and R2. I think there's something about me about it where just like, I don't want ever, any time period so completely filled in that there isn't room to tell another story. You yeah. know? Yeah. I kind of like the idea that 20 years from now, you could still have one other story about what Luke and Leia were doing between empire and Jedi, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's, uh, I think that's been a little bit of my resistance. To the comics of like, don't entirely fill in the map uh, of the, these main characters. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I, I do agree with that in a big way. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's not a, it's not like it's sacred. Don't touch it. it. It's more about that of like, there's the clone wars has been really well constructed to be like, we've got a lot of major moments. There's still some major moments we haven't mm-hmm. got. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, Hey, Anakin building, the Skywalker blade, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, but it was still constructed in a way like uh, you could still right now just go like, here's a, here's a story of something that uh, Obi-Wan, Anakin and Ahsoka did in the Clone Wars that you've never heard about, you know? Yes. yes. Ahsoka could have a formative adventure that she's recalling in her live action uh, show mm-hmm. that we've never heard mm-hmm. about. There's still that elbow room. So I just want that for the, for the main original trilogy characters. Um, that. I think there's also something about the fact that a lot of the storytelling around there has had has been crafted with elbow room like mm-hmm. kind of there are different reports about whether or not luke was there when when ben solo was born right mm-hmm. um the, the different stories about exactly when luke did what um so if they were going to move uh, forward i think i would be interested in early luke and in, in laura santeca mm-hmm. uh adventures that that i'd be totally on board with i I wouldn't mind in the comics having uh luke and leia's training i think Mm -hmm. what gets started in in princes in the scoundrel book of leia being like i have i'm now holding on to all these destinies of who i could be and Mm -hmm. i'm trying to manage them all and decide who do i need and want to be so having breathing room to tell a longer adventure of her being like this is so hard for me to step away from everything but i gotta see what this legacy is about Mm -hmm. and walking away from it and that that would be really interesting i'd love that story sometime it might be good for comics um yeah i could also see something where luke kind of fades in the background mm-hmm. uh save him from an animated series because <laughs> uh, yeah. so, i i i really really want young luke and, and ben that's not this exact time period but mm-hmm. moving forward because i know he haven't, hasn't even started his school here but i could really see the the main star wars comic shifting into a sort of the building of the new republic and leia is a main figure han is kind of in and out as he shifts away from being you know a freedom fighter to what's next for me gross his Um, beard yeah gross his beard yep uh yep uh and and then you have supporting characters that are built up from other things like uh Mm -hmm. shriv and uh aiden and mothma could be a real main a main character, right? Uh, I think that could be really interesting for the comics. Yeah, that that uh, yeah, you're t- yeah, the New Republic era. Yeah, and 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 I, I I'm with you too. I want to be careful how I say it. Is that I'm not like saying you know it's all sacred. I don't want to hear these stories. Is I just I actually do want to hear these stories. It's just um, 
want to leave room for projects that we might not even dream of now. And yeah. uh, even with like the potential of Kira, I, I, I've had, I've loved that the character's back and she's in good hands in terms of the comic writers. But there's so much stuff there where I'm like, well, if you were to get a million now for a series, now there's a lot of things we have to make sure are there. And I don't know if I want a creator contained by that. That's just, again, a personal take, personal take. But I love what you're pitching with that kind of New Republic era. Yeah. And I, and I think for for Luke, that in some ways, that's what I'm most excited about is everything in his mm-hmm. Jedi Id- adventures, right? Um, yeah. In particular, I still just really want someday Luke and Luke with a functioning Jedi order and Ben is one of the, the students. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It could be a Clone Wars like revelatory animated series. I love that. Um, so yeah. we, we talked a little bit about Simon's question from the perspective of, you know, what if they do continue and what would we like to see? But now let's talk about the what if they don't uh, continue mm-hmm. with the the main original trilogy characters. Um, I do think that that Favreau and Filoni are really cr- requesting to not be boxed in too much. Yes. Um, but does that extend from Mando to the entire time period? I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I definitely, number one, I think they are absolutely, I, I, this is not some fact I've heard at a party or anything. I just absolutely think Dave and John are like, no, 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 give us, give us the road. Give us the room, please. Yeah. <laughs> We're we might have a revelation about Din's background. We know the big beats, but we might have a revelation and we don't want to be in the business of contradicting a book. We, you know, like don't, don't, I mean, I, I, that Mandalorian book was announced, I think written. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and it didn't happen for a reason. And I'm really, it, it, the visual dictionary didn't happen, right? Yeah, it didn't happen, yeah. Um, and I think that's that's all very Mando direct. And to mm-hmm. me, that question is, if, if Filoni's like, yeah, we're, we're pushing towards what's going on with the New Republic and we don't want to be locked in by, but but on this date, Mon Mothma declared X, you know? Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's why... Um, I think there are some room, there's some room in that era. I, I'm interested in some other eras in the, in the, in the comic lines, um, that they haven't pushed towards yet. It, it, it's just, obviously, you know, Simon's question is they keep going forward as, as you know, from the moments of new hope after they, it makes sense to see them go forward. Mm-hmm. So if you, if they didn't go forward for whatever reason, either it's just give the original trilogy heroes a, a little bit of breathing room, uh, don't, don't crowd the Mando verse. Uh, where would you want a Star Wars mainline comic book, the Star Wars <laughs> series, yeah. to go? I really am intrigued, and we have things that have gotten into this. Uh, got into this, uh, I think, the young um, Obi Wan and Anakin series that came out years ago. But that that ten years between Episode One and Two, there's some stuff you and I are just talking about. Just wondering if Qui Gon had survived, but he didn't, and so there's still questions to answer. There's still a lot going on. We've had you know, Ek with the Padme books has gone into it a little bit there. Um, uh, but I, I know that I know there's not a lot of tension, and Palpatine's not out and about in the galaxy in in black robes, uh, you know, swinging a sword the way he does later on. But there's just something. There's a lot of how do we get? Uh, we got we. I understand point A. How do we get to point B in episode two? That I would I would like to be explored. And because they've done, they have done such a good job of creating new characters and new. You know, Afra goes on her wonderful adventures, and everything. you could you could do that in this time period. Mm. You know. Uh, basically, what I'm saying is, I want the Dexter one shot issue. <laughs> no, I really wouldn't mind if it was the the Star Wars uh, main line that that lands between Phantom Phantom Menace and, and Attack of the Clones because there is some really rich stuff there. There mm-hmm. is some 
you know, parts of Anakin's youth. Uh, I get that if you start too soon after the Phantom Menace, then, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not like he's, you know, running out, swinging the lightsaber immediately. Um, But you have all these Jedi to play with and expand. I think one of the really great things you have, we were talking about earlier, is we know from the crawl of Attack of the Clones that there was violence. It was stressing the Jedi to the breaking point. So Mm -hmm. what is that? There's so much room to, to create new characters in new worlds and new conflicts of that, you know, are a couple of Jedi, you know, absolutely bogged down in a little, you know, planetary civil war. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, quote unquote little from a galactic perspective, but huge if you know the characters and care about them and poor Kit Fisto stuck in the middle of it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Poor Kit, just smiling away. Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's a, there's political intrigue and pr- political thrills as Palpatine takes office, right? You get to focus on that and and are exactly what we were talking about earlier. So I, you know, it, it's dawn on the next day and everyone's flying back to Coruscant and like, all right, okay, but really, was that a Sith Lord? We know what are we doing with that and how uh, Palpatine is either aware of that or, or trying to evade that or or trying to control. There's there's a lot of the thriller aspects I think you could explore. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and just you you could even dive deeper into some of the Jedi we know and their personality and their conflicts, which they've done really well. You know, I we both really like the Mace Window uh five yeah. shot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I think Palpatine is is already, you know, gearing up to uh ha- have the crime accelerate in the galaxy because mm-hmm. that crime and he wants crime and greed. He's turning he's doing everything he can to turn up the dial on those. So you've got some interesting things with you know, the Hut Council, you know, gaining more power, you know, Black Sun. You, you got a lot of baddies to play with in that era. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you're getting me excited for something that might not happen at full back. It's just, and again, it's a long stretch of time, a decade or so, right? So give or take a year there. Um, just you'd have a lot of room to really get to it. And, and, and again, I, I sound like a broken record, but I just sometimes worry of just like, Man, there's a lot between Empire and Jedi, and every second of the day seems full. And that's not even true, but it just comes across that to me, and that's been one, one of my big, big issues. But again, glad folks like Simon are enjoying those comics. Me too, and I, I, I've enjoyed every one I've read, and I look forward mm-hmm. to reading more. But now, yeah, now I'm getting excited. Like it's the Star Wars mainline, and you, your main characters are Obi Wan, yeah, <laughs> Yoda, uh, Padme, and uh, yeah. you know Mace Windu. You know what, Ayla Secura, she's a main character too. And I know there are, there are hundreds of Legends comics playing in these areas, so maybe some people are like, "Yes, here, go read this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I also like is you know reading. Reading a new canon stuff, even if it's similar to what has come before. Yeah, and I want one one final thing to say. You know, in talking about the comics, you just said it there. If like you, you've you've enjoyed everyone you've read, I, I've never closed an issue of a comic. Been like, what a waste of my time. I don't like this. I'm like, ah. Even I, I struggle with the Bounty Hunter series more than any of them, but I, I I still read them and I go, yeah, it's good. It's just there's so much going on, but uh, you know, I do enjoy them on an individual basis. Like I always say, I enjoy that they're in my stack. Yeah, me too. And I I just wish I yeah, I had even more time and focus for them because when I when I read them and get into them, I really enjoy them. So I'm looking forward to reading more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And with that, we're going to move to our final question from Jonathan Curti. Jonathan says, hello, Force Center friends. I had a good time recently thinking about all the mysteries of Palpatine's origins. Like, how wasn't he found by the Jedi as a child? Given his family's power and status on a planet like Naboo, did they deliberately hide his Force sensitivity so he was not discovered by the Jedi? I don't actually know if there are canon answers to this or not, but it is fun to explore. But it also got me thinking, 
What if Palpatine had been discovered by the Jedi and brought to the temple to be trained? What kind of Jedi could he have been? Would he have found his way to the dark arts and taken down the temple from the inside? Or could he have become one of the Order's most zealous supporters? What do you think? Clearly, this is completely what-if territory. So Mm. anything goes. Love the show, and thanks for all you do. I love this question. And I love imagining Palpatine singing the Cole Porter song, Anything Goes. That would be fascinating all by itself. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is great. Uh, I did refresh myself a little bit, Ken, on what answers we have from Legends. Um, okay. Because okay. I remembered some stuff from the Darth uh, Plagueis novel. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a quick refresher on Legends Wikipedia. Generally, uh, I didn't track down every source of where the story is told. A lot of it's in the Darth Plagueis novel. But uh, throughout Legends, there, there's a general picture that that Palpatine was just born in and that boy wasn't right kind of vibe uh, in Legends. That he was, you know, that he had a really contentious relationship with his father because his father could tell he's different. That boy's not right. Um, in the Darth Plagueis novel, he, he uh, eventually makes contact. And the, that, in the scene I remembered was he, he was already kind of aware that he was being courted, I believe, or maybe had already fully signed up to be an apprentice, but was trying to make the most of his Naboo power and connections. But there's a, a scene where Palpatine just rages out and slaughters his entire family. Um, and then right, it has to be right. covered up, right? Right. So in general, the Legends story of Palpatine, and again, not a super Legends expert, I'm sharing with you what I researched and what I remembered, um, but there, it seems to be a general, he was always not right. He was, of course, found uh, by the Sith, lashed out, murdered his family, had to cover it up. Um, so that's Legends. Now we're having fun of like, okay, that's wonderful. That's Legends. But what if in canon? Uh, what if in canon? So, Ken, where do you go with this? That's a big one, man. That's a big pitch over. <laughs> where do we go? I, 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 I'm so glad. I totally forgot about that detail in the Plagueis novel. Um I I envision young Palpy, uh, young Shivi as always having just he's a manipulator. He is trying to get the better deal of a friendship on the playground. He is um, very smart, so he's studied. He's not buying any answers from anyone, but he might be selling his to others in exchange for now you owe me. I think he's that, and so I. And I think there's still room to have a big traumatic incident, to have a big why. I think that makes a lot of sense. So I'm not just saying he was uh, he was born this way, but I do like the uh, that boy ain't right type of. <laughs> no, the point is, even if he's discovered, I wondered. This is a what if to a what if that all right? He's in. He's learning. He's doing good. He's excelling. But he sees. Is it just in his nature? Is it just in his DNA and his hardwiring of I got to get to the top? How do I get to that tower? How do I get to that high council? How do I, how do I, how quick can I become a master? How quick can I get someone? And if it just still corrupts him to the point of uh, he hits a wall, he hits a ceiling. And then along comes some, uh, you know, character in a shadow in a dark robe that is like, I got away. I, I, I still think it almost ends up in the same spot. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what's so fascinating and so powerful about it is it, it just kind of goes to stories of, and real world discussions and real world mm-hmm. science of, you know, what people used to describe as nature versus nurture. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my own non-scientific opinion is like, yeah, I, I think, I think some of us have general aptitudes. Like we're a little bit more skilled at X, Y, or Z. And, and mm-hmm. if it is, uh, if those abilities are noticed, nurtured, if we like them, we become even better at them. Uh, I think there's mm-hmm. some things like, Oh, well, 
I could get good at a certain thing, but I would have to work a little harder at it than one thing or the other. I think that's what I think that's what makes us interesting because I think we all have gifts and abilities and they're a little different. And mm. sometimes that comes from, Hey, maybe, maybe just being, being really uh, kind is, is baked into our bones. Maybe being a little aggressive and assertive is baked into our bones. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But my big opinion and mm. uh, about this and about Star Wars in particular, I think the story of Star Wars is th- there's, there's no, that, that, that boy is born. Not right. I don't think characters are born evil or good in Star Wars. I think that's what's so important about the story is it's about choices. Mm-hmm. And the characters who say this was always your destiny, you're going to do this, are almost always the bad guys. Yeah. When the good guys say this is your destiny, it means you have an unfortunate problem and you're not going to be able to ignore the problem. You have to face it one way or another. But that's about choice. But here, Darth Vader or Palpatine talk about destiny. It's not about you making a choice. It's just the way it is. You're stuck. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to George Lucas, making this for 12-year-olds, making this for people who are on the cusp of making those decisions, the decisions who are going to make you the person you are, the decisions that are going to affect the people around you. Mm -hmm. I think that discussion has always been, you always have a choice. Han Solo had a choice to turn around. Even Vader, after all the horror he committed, had a choice to make a better decision with Luke than he did listening to any of the other people who loved him. Mm. He made bad choices. He didn't listen to Padme. He didn't listen to Obi-Wan. He didn't even really listen to the memory of his mother. He finally listened and made a better choice. And that, that, in all of Rise of Skywalker being the villains telling Rey, you're doomed because of your bloodline, right? Yeah. Who uh, you, are, you are, yeah. It, to me, that, 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 lesson is so important in star wars that i don't know if i ever need to hear the story of of palpatine i don't know if i uh, need to have empathy for him because he is you know yeah such a great he's such a great villain right he's such a great like who knows how he ended up here but he is the epitome of bad choices that humans make cruel choices uh from the political to the evil cackling space wizard with danger fingers and lightning hands. Like he is this picture of everything that could be evil. But in my heart of hearts, I think he, I think he just had a bad childhood, right? Mm. I think this is my total. What if head cannon? I'm not basing this on anything. Total. What if head cannon? I think he's, he's born to horrible parents. I think his parents are, are rich on Naboo and bitter in their own souls, and they're out of step with Naboo culture because Naboo certainly does elevate some people who are rich and powerful and you're in a, mm-hmm. an important family, but Naboo also really balances that out by honor, respect, community. How can we avoid the mistakes of the past? Oh, tons of great stuff in the E.K. Johnston books about that, right? Yeah. Um, imagine his parents are like really rich and they go to, and in their heart of hearts, they're like, we want more power and we don't like, other we don't agree with all this reaching out to other people that Naboo do the those Gungans should stay in the swamp yeah those Gungans <laughs> you know? are gonna take our jobs yeah those Gungans are gonna take their jobs but they have to nod and be friendly at parties and pretend they don't believe what they really believe mm-hmm. in order to keep keep their power right yeah uh maybe they discover early on that their kid is doing the weird Jedi crap and got you know <laughs> he saw something he saw something shiny and he lifted a little space marble in the air and on they're like no oh, no yeah. no mm-hmm. maybe they turned a Jedi away at the door but I, I imagine him having the kind of parents who said 
you are an extension of us. You're not your own being. You are our pawn to get what we want. We're going to raise you to have political power. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to put a smiley, happy face out into the world. And just like a parent who wants to be famous doesn't work and they put it all on their kid to do what they didn't do, they're going to make Palpatine be who they want to be. And, uh, you know, and I think that that snaps at at some point that Mm. that's, that's my head cannon. No, that actually makes, I I really like that a lot of, 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 uh, especially, uh, you know, the, the, the restrictive nature of, of, of these parents pulling, push them down a path. I love the turning away a Jedi at the door. <laughs> not, not our kid. Uh, that's, uh, that would really work uh, for me, I, but I'm with you too. And we had this question about the, you know, is there irredeemable, irredeemable evil in star Wars and talked about the Palpatine of it all there. I think for star Wars, just him showing up packaged as is, is good enough for me. Uh, but it's fun. What ifs. Yeah, and and I do, and 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 and, the, and again, the Plagueis novel is one of my uh, favorites of of the EU legend stuff. It's one of the last ones I read before the big switchover, and it's and Lucina's great, and it's it's solid. And that was one of the first things that made me really reevaluate what I thought or thought I knew about Phantom Menace. So mm. exploring that kind of thing would still kind of work for me. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. And there's, I read it that 2015, so getting on mm-hmm. quite a ways back, but I really enjoyed it when I read it. And I'm not entirely against seeing some young Palpatine, uh, but I, I, I think that Palpatine is valuable because he, he can be a, a, a funny, cool, hilarious, you know, uh, terrifying mirror. Right. Um, that's part of what I love about him is he's, he is both so over the top and both also so reflective of, of real life, uh, horrible choices. I think that there's such truth in what he is saying to Anakin from his point of view in the galaxy's opera house scene, right? Mm -hmm. He's manipulating Anakin right and left, but I think the worldview he expresses is, is his true worldview, which is that the truth is everyone is inherently selfish and only wants power for themselves. Anybody who claims they don't operate that way is weak to not be playing the game and uh, and a liar that they're not secretly playing the game. Mm-hmm. So in Palpatine's mind, he isn't playing a different game than anyone else. He's just honest about the game and he's better at it than everyone. Yeah. And I think there's yeah. value in like analyzing how, how 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 does he get that mindset and why is there no one in his life that can maybe crack that that worldview and maybe say is that true have you experienced anything yourself palpatine to make you feel that isn't true because that's what happens to vader that's what happens to ben they get reminded that that's not true yeah 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 it, 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 that's why i always go uh and I, I think you're kind of talking about the same thing but i do the young sheev it's 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 college sheave for me. <laughs> it's college college sheave that I, I'm intrigued by a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I does he play? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I mean, I think you know, I, I love the glimpses we get of him once he is kind of fully formed and, and aware that I'm wearing this politician's mask, mm-hmm. and I get some joy out of it. But really, it's a mask I have to wear until I can let put all these fools under my boot. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but a little bit earlier in life would be really interesting. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot to analyze there, and him playing. They're all bad. They all want the same thing, and and, and just that lie. Uh, yeah, you know, 
not trailing, uh, going out to the end game of, you know, the Jedi, what they really do want. Yeah. It's easy to sell that lie. So how, how and why? Yeah. I mean, that's why, and that's why he thinks he can break Luke and Ray because he just thinks that their viewpoint is flawed and, and no one is going to come to save them, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Your buddies will save you. Sure. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, so I guess for me to, to fully then answer uh, the rest of the question is, you know, to me, it, it depends on if he uh, was found by the Jedi and brought into the Jedi Order, um, even if he was born assertive, aggressive, kind of wrestling with things, I still think if that philosophy had not become absolutely uh, essential to his being, that there's no waking moment where he doesn't believe life is a game, everybody's playing, and if if you you claim you're not playing, you're you're a liar. Uh, if he could have been freed from that mentality, uh, maybe maybe Jedi life would have been a little rocky for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just a natural hothead. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think he would have had had you know some hopes, or he would have been expelled from the order. But I don't think he would have succeeded in destroying it from the inside. I don't think he could have no. been inside the Jedi order and hid who he was. No, no, nope. Would have been uh, would have been a you know. A food fight in the cafeteria would have come out. The evil would have come out. Yeah. <laughs> and they would have been like, Sheev, let's talk. Let's are talk, Sheev. Are those danger fingers? Young yeah. Are you, are you danger? Is it just Sheev? Are you that mad about your name? Is that <laughs> is that the wound that your parents gave you that you cannot escape? Yeah. Could be. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that's the jokey head cannon. He was named Sheev, and his uh, fate was sealed. <laughs> sealed. <laughs> sealed with a Sheev. Yeah. <laughs> any uh, Any final thoughts? No, great stuff. I love this question, Jonathan. Uh, Palpatine's fascinating. We love him and hate him. Love to hate him for a reason. Yep. I am uh, endlessly fascinated by him and love him to death. Can't wait to see uh, what witty uh, bone maws uh, Ian McDermott drops in his appearances at Star Wars Celebration. All right, those are our questions. Uh, We do usually have a Power of the Light Side segment if you're a newer listener or a newer patron. Uh, We ask patrons for uh, submissions about something joyful about Star Wars. It can be a favorite character, a favorite moment, a life lesson, anything you want, a toy, it doesn't matter. Just something that has brought you joy in Star Wars. We do have a post. If If you go to the post section, Scroll down just a little bit. Uh, you'll find a picture of Obi-Wan smiling as he's looking at Luke and Leia in A New Hope. And that is the call for submissions. Uh, if we don't have many more submissions roll in, I'll do a fresh post so it's closer to the top. But I know we got a lot of new patrons. So if you're listening, if you're a patron, and if you want to submit, that is where to find it. Ken, where can people find us? You can find us on Twitter at Fort Center Pod, one hive social if you're over there, Instagram and YouTube as well. Subscribe over there. Hit the notification bell and button and all those things so you don't miss anything we put out shorts essays and otherwise figure fights episodes there too uh podcasts available on acast iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, and more just search or find us merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash four center i saw someone this week got themselves a four center speculate responsibly t-shirt you're gonna be able to wear <laughs> at star wars celebration europe patreon.com slash four center is where you can uh, find us and support us directly there if you so choose, find me at Ken Napsock. Go to my website, KenNapsock.com to find out information and other things to do like Pop Rock and Radio, The Blathering, Casterly Talk, and more. Joseph, where can they find you? 
Yeah, you can find me on all the social media as at Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm uh, promoting my Instagram feed a little bit more, so come find me there. I'm also on Twitter and Mastodon. And if you want to check out some of my comedy bits and short films, please visit me on YouTube. Just search for Joseph Scrimshaw. But for now, for myself, for poor old Sheev, <laughs> whatever happened to him, this has been Cues of the Force. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.